Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you about a very troubling subject, but I also want to talk to you about the solution for that subject because I want to talk to you about rape on American college and university campuses. If you've been paying attention to the stats of late and some of the reports, you know that according to most agencies, campus rapes are on the increase. And by rapes in this context, I'm going to talk about uh, the rape of women. I know that men too are raped and sexually assaulted. Uh, it's It's a very small percentage compared to women. I'm not dismissing that. I certainly care about it. But I want to direct my comments today towards the rape of women by men. Um, depending on whose statistics you use, and there are maybe a dozen organizations that track these things, um, somewhere between 20% and 30%, now that I'm rounding those numbers off, but 20% to 30% of uh, American university females, college or university females, uh, are sexually molested or assaulted in some way in their first year. And then those numbers taper off a bit as they uh, go on in their college experience. I imagine that has to do with just knowing how to avoid it, being less naive, et cetera. Uh, But the numbers range from about 19% to about uh, 30% approximately uh, for those who are new students, those women who are new students on American college or university campuses. And of course, that's atrocious. I mean, whether you're a father, you're a brother, whatever your role, whatever your relationship, just a just a, an American, just standing on the in the country, uh, you've got to be disgusted and ashamed by those statistics. But what I want to talk about uh, is the self policing nature of the culture of men that ought to be stopping this. Now, I have a theory. I have a strong belief that most things that men do that are immoral, wrong, badly, or let let me put it another way. Most of the things that uh, a given man does, a shooting, a rape, uh, something horrible, usually there were a group of men that he signaled this to in advance who did not respond, did not do anything. And therefore, the man assumed, and we know this from court testimony, we know this from psychological studies, etc. The man assumed that his behavior was in some way appropriate or cool or would at least be smiled upon by his friends, uh, even if it led to the uh, abuse of someone or to an arrest. In other words, most men who do extreme and horrible things, and I'm talking about of the criminal sort, I'm talking about of the sort that harms someone else. Most men have been part of a culture or have discussed it with friends in such a way that they thought there was tacit approval. Let me give you an example. Uh, This young man by the name of Dylan Roof, who did the shooting at the AME church in Charleston, uh, this racist young man that we've been so disturbed about that I've done another podcast about. Um, There's now enough information about him for us to know that he talked about what he would like to have done. Uh, He talked about what he intended to do. He talked about blacks. He talked about shooting them. He bought weapons. Um, He did target practice, pretending he was shooting prominent blacks in America. Uh, He made it very clear in his home, to his family, to his friends, uh, even to just passersby uh, in certain situations, exactly how he felt about blacks and what he hoped one day to do. 
But in that culture, uh, he was not seen as unusual. Uh, no one corrected him. No one confronted him. No one reported him as should have happened. And so this is, I, I understand that this is not happening every single time, but I believe that the culture of manhood, of noble manhood, of what I call great manhood is self-policing. And what that means is that uh, men, righteous, noble men, uh, check each other, counter each other, work together in teams to protect women and answer wrongdoing uh, in a way that is effective. And it polices, so to speak, the culture of men. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite stories from my reading of history uh, that I heard, I actually heard originally from a professor years ago and then went and did a little reading about it myself, uh, was there is this uh, journal, or it may have been the minutes of meetings from a church on the American frontier. And in that church, there was a man who kept beating his wife. Well, finally, the deacons met, and it's written in very official language, which is kind of funny given what it is. The deacons met and agreed that this man had to be dealt with. He had been warned before. This church had no intention of putting up with the abuse of a wife, with the beating of a wife. And so the decision was made, and this is actually in the minutes, to drag this man ass backwards through the field of metals. That's a quote. Quote, ass backwards through the field of metals. So doggone it, if this deacon board at this church on the American frontier didn't actually go find this guy and say, we've warned you, we told you that to leave our sister alone, we told you this wasn't going to go well, they then depanced him and dragged him through what was apparently a field of sharp uh, rocks. They called it the field of metals. Maybe it had some other kind of metallic quality to it. Um, Bare-bottomed and did damage that meant that the man couldn't sit or do some other things with his other parts uh, for quite some time. Uh, they, these rough frontier men thought nothing of protecting their sister in Christ, their, their fellow church attender. Um, even though she was somebody else's wife, they were going to protect her. And if they had to, if this man wouldn't listen, they would actually do him physical harm. And I have laughed about that because here, I think it was Presbyterian church and here's this Presbyterian church, you know, keeping exacting minutes and beautiful Spencerian handwriting. And yet what did they decide to do in addition to, you know, buying more Bibles or painting the North wall or whatever, you know, putting more pews in, they also decide to drag this fool ass backwards through the field of metals. I just enjoy that. Now, I'm not advocating violence, and I'm not saying that men should go beating each other up and so on, but we all know that we have in our lives sat there while someone told an inappropriate joke or used the N-word or, uh, you know, indicated something. A guy with a bunch of other guys looked across a room and saw a well-built woman and made some statement about how he'd like to do something to her that was nasty or criminal. Uh, or immoral, we all know that at that level of discussion, at that level of mention, that it can and should be checked. It can and should be identified. It can and should be corrected. And I'll tell you, I believe a great many wrongs are uh, stopped at that level when men particularly are willing to be righteous men. 
if some guy is sitting at a lunch table with a bunch of other guys and he's suddenly telling inward type jokes or making those kind of comments, a man, a true man, a genuine man, I won't even just say a Christian man, although I certainly believe that. I think a Christian man ought to be among the noble men in the world, but I don't think only a Christian man can be noble in the sense in which I'm speaking now. A true man, a good man, will stop the conversation, turn to the guy who's using this racial epithet and say, you know what? You're new to us here, but we don't we don't put up with that kind of thing. We don't believe we we love our African American brothers and sisters. We're not we're not letting that kind of unclean talk go on here. You're welcome to be part of us, but that stuff's going to have to stop. If you say that in a group, if you say that in a situation where you've already established a a moral, righteous, godly culture with a few friends and some other guys join and they go in a different direction, I'll tell you what they'll even either straighten up or leave. And that's, that's the way it needs to be. In fact, I don't, I don't mind telling you, and I'm certainly not painting myself as the hero here, but I don't mind telling you that in a church I was involved with once, a man, uh, a woman came in and reported that the man, a man was, was smacking her around, abusing her. And uh, we, we helped the woman. We got her counseling. We got her help and got her therapy. And uh, we also issued a formal letter to the man telling him that he needed to stop. But I'm telling you, I don't think that's all there is to it. So, frankly, I got a couple of the larger staff members, and we went and sat down with this gentleman. Um, and we said, you know, we understand you got a problem here. You've read our letter. We're helping your wife. The guy expressed appreciation. And, uh, and we'll be happy to help you however you want. And he expressed appreciation. And then I said, and you need to understand, if you touch her again, we're going to come back and visit you. Now, I didn't go any further. Um, I, didn't, I didn't threaten him with anything particular. I didn't get unclean. I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I let him know that we, weren't just, we didn't just have moral authority in her life and spiritual authority, but we had physical authority and that we would protect her. Uh, and five or six things went through our minds. We'd already discussed them. We'd take her out of the home and put her in somebody else's home to protect her. We'd be happy to back him off physically, whatever needed to happen. The point is that the self-policing culture of men dealt with it. Again, I'm not advocating violence. I'm not advocating, advocating any kind of uh, you know, brutality. But I am saying that if there are rapes happening on American college and university campuses at, increasing, at an increasing rate, I believe that men not involved in those rapes and those sexual assaults know about it or at least know about the culture that is producing it, meaning the jokes, the laughter, the talking about a particular girl, the I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. Um, who knows, putting violent images on, on dorm room walls. I don't know. Uh, all kinds of things could be feeding that culture. And that if it's that, that as a result of not checking it, as a result of just laughing it on or thinking it's cool or, well, that's for them, not for me, but not checking it and being bold about it, that these things happen. I believe that if 20% of the women on American college and university campuses are reporting some kind of sexual assault, men who are not actually perpetrating these crimes know about it or know about the culture that is feeding it and are not checking it at that level. I love the self-policing nature of the culture of men. I love that men who are true men take responsibility and stand up against what's going wrong. I was walking through a mall once um, with, a, with a rather large college football player. And he'd just been, just gotten a, you know, been, been brought into the pros, gotten drafted. Uh, we were just walking along, very gentle African-American gentleman. And uh, when we walked through the mall, there was a man yelling at his wife in a humiliating way. And it was obvious she was physically jerking away from him uh, every time he would jerk towards her. In other words, she was physically afraid. My friend didn't say a word to me. He just walked over, 
put his finger in the chest of the man who was doing the shouting and just quietly said, this ends now. That's it. That's all it took. Now, was there some signal of physical intimidation? Yes, and I'm glad there was. Uh, with him standing there, he's bigger than I am. Um, and then with me standing behind him, I'm sure the gentleman did feel some intimidation. And so what? We didn't beat him. We didn't shoot him. We didn't stab him. We didn't drag him outside and pummel him. We just let him know that his wife was under the protection of some other men. That this screaming and physical threatening stopped now. We didn't turn him in. And we started to walk away. And a couple of times we stopped and turned around and looked at him and gave him a look like, don't screw with us. We are serious. And at that point, a mall security guy uh, caught onto it, followed the man out the door. Now, the point here is not to brag. The point here is not to claim, well, we'll beat them up. You know, man, we're so tough. That is not the point. The point is that a lot that goes wrong in this world goes wrong because the self-policing culture of men when it's noble and good does not work. It's not functioning. It's not turned on by a decision of men to be noble. And so there's an, what the, what it, the, the, the opposite word is difficult, ignoble, I-G-N-O-B-L-E, <laughs> the ignoble culture of men reigns. And so there's discussion of sexual assault. There's discussion of rape. There's what I would do to so-and-so. There are pictures taken of people that are inappropriate. There's, there's the use of the N-word. There's an appropriate discussion of violence and what have you. You understand what I mean. All of these things are being hatched somewhere. I don't mean specific acts, but the culture, the values, the interest, the eagerness, the lust, the, the drive, the anger, they're all being hatched somewhere and someone's hearing it. And usually it's a culture of men. And so I want to strongly urge that men, you absolutely commit yourself and help create the self-policing culture of men. Whether it's a, something as light as a man being bitter about the way his father treated him or, or, or mad or bitter about something happening at home with his wife, all the way to something horrible and violent and criminal he intends to do, check it at its root. Check it at its beginning. Check it at the discussion point. Don't let it be part of the, of the, of the culture that is around you. No one's going to talk about my African-American friends as... Uh, in terms of the N-word around me. It's not that I'm you know, the champion of African-Americans. It's that I'm a, a, a Christian man and, try, and strive to be a noble man. Anybody who says that stuff around me is going get, to get corrected or asked to leave or driven off if necessary. It's just not going to happen. No one's going to talk nasty about sexual deeds to women. Not, not around me. Uh, it's not that I'm you know, Mr. Righteous or trying to be hyper-Jesus. It's that I'm building a culture around me that ennobles men and uh, makes them better and uh, draws a line. And that is what all of us need to do. I want to say very clearly to those of you who listen to this podcast who are college males, you have a, you have a part in, in stopping this. Uh, I'm not claiming that, you know, of course, you know about these things and you're agreeing to them, but watch the culture that is around you. Watch the culture that grows anywhere near you where you have influence and uh, help the women. But, you know, form a, form a group of guys that walks the women back from the library at night or stands with them or creates policies that are more just or whatever it has to be. But let me tell you, a lot of ills in this world get solved by the, the self-policing uh, culture of men when it's righteous and noble. And man, do we need that today? I believe in it. I believe it's essential. I believe it's essential in many of our ethnic communities and, and basically every community. When I say ethnic, I mean every skin color, every ethnicity. 
And I'll tell you what, I've seen this function in Islamic cultures. I've seen this function in Hispanic cultures. I've seen this function, of course, in a variety of Anglo cultures. Um, But as we pray for and cry out for and work for a, a movement of good and great and righteous manhood in our generation, we need to remember that one of the things that marks a good and a righteous man is that he takes responsibility Uh, for what is in his field and what is around his field. And if you're a college male and you want to be a righteous man, then that campus, at least in part, is, is your field. It's part of your field. Take responsibility for what happens there. Don't let an evil culture grow around you and be part of the solution. Proud of you for doing that. Men, let's extend, practice, and strengthen the self-policing nature of a culture of great manhood. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on CNN, Fox, and the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. You can learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv and greatman.us and connect with him on Facebook, and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote, performed, and produced the Rockin' Podcast theme song. Be sure to rate the Stephen Mansfield Podcast in the iTunes Store. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.